Before we get to the podcast, I wanted to make sure that you knew that my online knee course with Lenny Macrina is on sale for $200 off this week. If you want to learn exactly how to evaluate and treat the knee, you're going to love our comprehensive course where we cover our clinical examination, exercise progressions, and specific information on ACL, meniscus, patellofemoral, articular cartilage, osteoarthritis, and so much more. Plus, you can earn a ton of CEU credit. The course is on sale this week for $200 off. Head to MikeReynolds.com slash knee for more information and to sign up today. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show, we talk about movement versus joint-specific rehab programs. We talk about the trend towards anti-movement core exercises, and we talk about our essential reading list. The Ask Mike Reinhold Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show. I am here at Champion PT and Performance up in Boston. We are here to answer some of your questions that you guys submit to us. So thanks so much for all the great questions. Keep them coming. We love it. I'm here with Lenny Macrina, Dave Tilly from Champion, and our students are here from Sac State. We have Evan, and from Kentucky, University of Kentucky, we have Jake and Bake. So let's roll, Evan. Let's get into this episode. All right. Mandy from Wyoming. I have only been out of school four years and I'm currently finishing up a fellowship in manual therapy. I work in a large clinic with 12 other PTs and I'm struggling with low back evaluations that are done by some of the younger clinicians. They seem to be very enthralled with SFMA and other functional assessments but forget that there are actual joints in the low back. What is your advice when trying to discuss what I see as a lack of screening? I like the SFMA but I wonder if it is a better screen for after you get the patient three to five times in three to five sessions in. This is, I got this one. This is something I definitely struggled with <laughs> as a new grad. Because I took the SFMA two months after graduating, after I felt like I wasn't really getting everything. And then I took McKenzie and t- another course like a month after that. And they were very much kind of in different ballparks. So personally, I think that you can do stuff for the pain at their low back, whatever symptomatic, and you can still pick away at the SFMA around the problem. So you don't have to wait three days. Exactly. I I found very commonly I was doing whatever symptomatic modality soft tissue work I could do on their back and I was going the McKenzie route at their back maybe. For me that was personally what worked. And then in the meantime, maybe there's an exercise for the T spine, there's an exercise for the hip, if they can tolerate it in a non weight bearing position. And it worked extremely well. It wasn't like I have to be only SFMA, I have to go pain management modality, symptom relief, you know, whatever McKenzie. You can do both if you have a good assessment. Uh, well said. It sounds like, too. Is this Courtney? Is that what it was? Mandy. From Mandy. Wyoming. I was close. So man, It sounds like Mandy <laughs> probably needs to... I, I think you both probably need to open your minds a little right. bit here. I think Mandy needs to probably learn more of, of the movement assessment stuff so that way she understands and appreciates it. Because right now, it's you're. I think you're speculating a little bit. So Mandy should probably learn that. But then I totally agree that the students need to learn how to treat joints. Right. Um, you got to put those together. The students are definitely getting caught up now in too much of these systems that are out there um, and, and too little into actually how to treat joints and stuff like that. So I'm on board with that. I agree. I would, yeah. Sorry, go, go ahead. I would just say one more small piece is you have to know when to push and when to not push so perfect example error i made i was breaking out the ms flexion breakout and i'm like repetitively kind of doing leg raise tests and flexion and low back flexion i'm like oh maybe this is an semd and i was kind of flaring them up as i went you know if you listen to them say like touching my toes and sitting in the car hurts like maybe we won't break out flexion today 
the SFMA says that, but I was like, I'm like, oh, I got to run the SFMA. Let's see what they got. Yeah. Just my. Yeah. It sounds like they both work better together. And I think the SFMA just, it just, it just looks at your direction. movement. It doesn't tell you necessarily what to do. Mm-hmm. So you, you need to know how to treat underneath that. So I, I, I think there's deficiencies on your students' part as, as well, though. Love it. Jake and Bay. Oh, Evan. Evan 11. Sorry. All right. <laughs> Daniel from Chicago. Past six to eight years have seen core training move away from isotonic exercises and towards anti-flexion, extension, rotation, isometric-based exercises. Do isotonic core exercises still have a place in your programming for athletes? Also, it would be interesting to hear your explanation of why the strength and conditioning community has moved away from this and more towards anti-flexion, extension, rotation. I'll start by answering the second half. Is the the internet's a powerful thing, right? <laughs> yeah. just, um, you know, I, I think the the trend towards anti movements. Um, I, I think I think it's a fantastic trend. I think Stuart McGill probably championed this more than anyone at the beginning, and then others kind of followed suit. But the internet really rolled with it. And then what gets what gets exciting on the internet tends to to, to you know the pendulum swings, and it looks like it's super exciting when it's probably not as exciting as it is. Um, I, I think anti movement core exercises are foundationally what you need and I think that's very super important but there's definitely movements of your core that you need as well so I, I, I think it's wrong to just do one thing I think you got to put them together quite a bit I mean just imagine doing like a rotary medicine ball throw I mean isn't that's that's an isotonic core to an extent don't you think you know so you know we definitely want to do rotational based stuff so um, I know we use the anti-movements as our foundation as our beginning and then build upon that but it's often because we're trying to train how to stabilize the core and move the extremities and that's an important component to that that link so that, I think that's why we start that way quite a bit but I think uh, you know avoiding it completely is probably also wrong but um, like the, the McGill people really took McGill to an extreme right and like I, I feel like people got afraid to do anything for a while uh, what's what's the latest thoughts on that what do, you, what do you guys think yeah I mean I I agree with what you said that we build a foundation and then we're just promoting movement i just if obviously i'm keeping an eye on pain and and just giving the client confidence that they can do the exercise and watching them move and just coaching through it i I, you know all this other stuff i don't i almost used a bad word all this other stuff is just fluff that make people sound intelligent so you know i'm not against mcgill i think he's got some great stuff and i use it in the back of my head um but i think just movement is a simple movement I guess I keep things way too simple than what the internet is. I I have a boring rehab philosophy, I think, compared to what's out there. So I'm probably the wrong person to ask. I I feel (laughs) like we we, we almost created a trend towards being afraid to move. That's... Yeah, which is which is probably not great for the way people interpreted that. But again, it's because things become very, very sensationalized on the internet. Right. So it's you know it's all about how you put that together. Yeah. I think people have to remember the reality of the situation is that you don't walk around you know only not moving your back and moving your arms around it constantly. It's like right. we just go about our daily life and even just sitting here, all of us are kind of like doing different stuff. It's not like you're just rigid in a pattern that you have to be like oh I have to always brace my core and hip hinge to grab this up before I work. We're a little bit more resilient than that, so we can't be afraid of stuff. Love it. Yeah, no, I think that's good. Perfect. Evan 11, what's okay. next? Frank from Denver asks, any recommended readings for those aspiring to become physical therapists and also be involved in sports? Oh, easy one, right? I have, um, for recommended reading, I have an article on my website, an essential reading list that you can find. It's actually a little old. I probably need to update that. Didn't you just kind of do that? Just did one, yeah. Yeah, and then Dave Tilly on uh, shiftmovementscience.com. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
right? Yeah. Perfect. Shiftmovementscience.com. Uh, I think you just released that yeah, too, right? Yeah, like all mine from the last year and a half and then a bunch of audible books I've been reading. Yeah, there's, there's a bunch. I mean, it's really hard to say. Um, I, I don't even know what to tell you to read first, to be honest. With you. It's, it's a big list. But, you know, I think it depends on what you're most interested in right now. So go check out our, our reading list that Dave and I have published and, and see what piques your interest, uh, I think, first. I think it's relevant to your population. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Your interest in what you do all day, right? And, and, and start reading. I think those will be helpful. So. Awesome. Is that three? That was that a quick one. We had a quick Nailed one, that one. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. We really appreciate it. Thanks so much for everything. Uh, you guys can ask us more questions on MikeRinald.com and click on the podcast link. And be sure to go to iTunes and subscribe. Leave us a nice little review. We actually read those and, and learn from those. So, um, you know, you know, tell us what you think of the show. Give us some feedback so we can make it better for you down the road. So thanks so much. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to MikeRinald.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please share this with your friends to help spread the word. It would really mean so much to us. Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeRinald.com. There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.